0: Welcome in, Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He is Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's brought to you by Active Wealth Management, know 360.net for your free book. You don't get free coffee, because we've found that out the hard way, Lindsey and I have, but you can get 10% off, just like Lindsey and I can, by going to plainscoffee.com, use promo code BRAVES to get your bag of coffee delivered right to your door in various different flavors. Uh, Lindsey, First off, welcome back, and the reason I say that is because last I saw you, you were with John Smoltz, and then you were on a boat, and then I was just getting raked over the coals for putting three lefties back to back to back in the lineup on a projected lineup, which (laughs) I I guess everybody missed the memo at the beginning that said, this is in no way, shape, or form what they should do. It's just what would be very cool as far as the lineup is concerned, (laughs) and I guess that went right out the window right away.
1: I mean, everybody knows that YouTube commenters are very good about listening to all of the caveats (laughs) and being very uh, understanding and forgiving of your analysis. We all know that. So I don't know what happened there.
0: Credit due to some of the listeners. They got the assignment. They did exactly what I asked. They went in the comments. They put their projected lineup. No snarky remarks. No suggestions of how... We shouldn't be batting three lefties in a row, which I know is not going to happen. That's not the point of the assignment. The assignment is, if you had a dream lineup, regardless if it's a righty or lefty on the mound, what would you put out? And that's what I did, and apparently um, some were not happy about it. So maybe they'll be happy about this because I titled this Heavy is the Crown, and the reason I say that is because I guess even heavier is when there's three crowns on top of your head is it, you, you did an article and uh, Spencer Strider, there's a possibility that he could probably be one of the best baseball players to ever put on a Braves uniform. And he could make that happen just in this one year. Yeah.
1: So uh, fan has their depth chart projections up and I was kind of going through looking for interesting stuff out of there. They have Spencer Strider, Set to win the pitching triple crown in 2024. So for those for those who don't know, that is the ERA title, the wins title, the strikeout title, and they, you know Strider won, was leading the league in wins with 20 last year. He led the league in strikeouts with 286, 286, 281. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they have Strider doing those and taking the ERA title. Now uh, it's a big deal because you haven't seen somebody win all three in a full season since 2011. I say full season because uh, it happened in 2020 in the short season, but that doesn't count. Literally was like 11 starts. Like anybody can have a dominant stretch for 11 starts, but 2011 Justin Verlander did it for the tigers. Clayton Kershaw did it for the Dodgers. Uh, And they said Spencer Strider could do it. And I thought the projections were really interesting too. So I told you Strider won 20 games last year. Yeah. He had 280 something strikeouts last year. In their projections, they have Spencer Strider going 15 and 7 with 257 strikeouts and a 318 ERA. And it's funny how the the projections are always conservative. And so 318 ERA is the best ERA of any starter in baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's better than what he did last year. But both the wins and the strikeouts are behind what he did last year. And they're like, he could win the Triple Crown with this. It's just, it's really interesting. Uh, it's also, I guess, surprising to see how the projections are conservative in some ways. I will,
0: when I look at those numbers, first thing I think is, my watermark for Strider now, every time he takes them out every year, as long as he stays injury-free, is going to be twenty games mm-hmm. because I just think that that is doable, especially with the people they keep putting around him as far as the lineup is concerned. And and now it again goes back to pitching where everybody's like, oh, we don't have a bullpen. We have a really full bullpen. All right, so I a mean, very the,
1: expensive and good bullpen.
0: Yeah. So the protection should be there behind him as well this year. So I definitely think the fifteen is conservative uh, strikeouts. Man, I don't know. I thought he had more than he probably should have last year. I could see that number going down a little bit, but right now, just it's hard for to see anybody that's going to be able to compete with him. That is a starting pitcher. I mean, are yeah. you going to have guys that average more per inning? Yeah, closers will. Um, more than likely, some middle relievers that come in and strike out the side. You know, once a week for for a, a, a month and a half, two month stretch, they will have more strikeouts per per player, but still won't have the total. Um, but You know, this goes back. I told you when you get to we talking before we came on. You start looking at the guys. I think it's even more impressive this this type game because so many hitters can hit now compared to not that they couldn't in back during the Glavin and the and the Smolts and the Maddox days. But I told you, Glavin and Maddox got six inches off the plate, Mm -hmm. and that is not happening anymore. That that's gone away. They want it's like umpires want to see people barrel balls, so. They're, they're they're definitely making pit. They've squeezed it a little bit on pitchers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not so much necessarily up and down, because I've seen a lot of low strikes called as of late, but definitely on the corners. They're making sure it's across the plate or they're not giving it to them. So and, hitters have, I don't want to say an advantage, but they definitely don't have to go to right field. They can still try to pull a ball from the right side of the plate that may be on the outer half because they can get the barrel out there to it now.
1: Yeah, it it's... A lot of the ways the modern game has changed, right? The focus on velocity, the much more accurate and dialed-in strike zone really requires pitchers to exert themselves more than you did back in the 90s, requires them to be more precise, uh, and honestly, and probably use more effort from a pitch-to-pitch basis. Mm. I do want want to, real quick, on the note about um, about how the strike zone vertically is still a little easier to get to than horizontally, mm-hmm. I do want to plug a piece that I was really really proud of I wrote earlier in the month. uh, I believe it's called Chris Sale gives the Braves rotation a unique look. And we kind of looked at how a lot of the Braves pitchers, what they like to do is work vertically. Strider's fastball up in the zone with his slider down. Freed's fastball to curveball combo. And how Chris Sale is different from that because he's very much working horizontally the fastball slider, things like that. So go read that piece. Really proud of that piece. I think it came out really well. Uh, But yeah, like it's 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 more difficult for me. It's more impressive to see a guy like Spencer Strider do something like that in 2024, I think. I'm not going to say it's, it's better than what the guys did in the 90s. You know, nobody's going to have an ERA under two like Maddox did for like multiple years. <laughs> right. But in some ways, it is more impressive when you consider how the average MLB player is so much better now than sometimes you dealt with back in the nineties and how it is harder to pitch at because it's more exertion and it's more precise than it was. I did find it interesting. They had Strider coming back like a full strikeout per nine innings off of what he did last year. Mm -hmm. He had like 13.5 strikeouts per nine innings last year. They have him at 12.5 in these projections. And I'm like, he's now put up two full seasons of numbers in the thirteens kind of feels like Maybe we shouldn't expect him to take that big of a step back, but I, so I found that interesting too, is how conservative these projections are. And if he does just what he did last year, I mean, he'll blow these projections out of the water, which is just really surprising to me.
0: Well, it also depends. I mean, a pitcher like Strider is also very heavily dependent on, I just mentioned the lineup just a minute ago. If he's got Acuna and Albies and, and Olsen and Riley that go out there and they put up a a three or a four spot in the first or second inning, he mm-hmm. gets to pin his ears back, and it's nothing but fastballs that are gonna be chest high. And it's like, here, take it. You want it, see if you can hit it.
1: Speaking of um of Ronald Acuña Jr., by the way, they have him putting up seven point three war, like by and far the best mark in the majors. Wow. So I guess they would have him repeating as MVP 37 home runs, 55 stolen bases, and most of the pitchers who win the the triple crown usually go on, not always, but usually go on to do pretty well in the MVP race. Hmm. And Verlander and Kershaw both, uh, what was it Verlander? that year he won the MVP as well. Kershaw did not. But I just find it interesting to think about. Could you like we saw Spencer Strider come in behind Michael Harris and Rookie of the Year? Yeah. If Strider wins the triple crown and does a twenty win thing with. 280 something strikeouts in an era of like just under say it's just under three could you see him in the top five for mvp voting because again it's just pitchers don't win mvp nearly as much but uh it it just feels like that it would be hard to argue that a pitcher that dominant would not be in at least the top five of, of mvp voting if not one of the winners can you imagine acuna and strider being one and two in mvp voting you know, I, and that, it kind of te- tears me a,
0: a little bit on that because it, what you'd mentioned before we came on is him possibly being MVP. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, if it's been since 2011, since there's been a Triple Crown winner, then uh, clearly this is not done very often. So he has to be in the MVP conversation. And then if you look at Acuna, I don't know that he's going to have a 40-70 year again. But you and I talked about it in one of the previous pods. I still see a 40-60 year out of him, if not Mm -hmm. a 40-50 year out of him. Yeah, And so, yeah, it could be one and two. And I guess that just depends on who's voting, if
1: they're just really into pitching or if they're (laughs) really into one of the best players to ever grace the face of a Braves franchise. Yeah, and I honestly wonder, because of the common consensus around baseball, is this Braves team, this Braves offense is so good that part of me wonders, will anybody give spencer strider credit if he were to go out and win 20 games again would they say it's because he's a good pitcher or would they say it's because that offense is behind you this is now uh, atlanta's had multiple years of one of their pitchers leading the league in wins kyle wright hmm. did it in tw- in 22 and then Strider did in 23 and it just feels like you're not in a position where you're going to get the credit for the wins as a pitcher when it comes to mvp voting because the offense is so good now the offense, offense takes five steps back. That's different. But mm. this offense being so good, it feels like you're not going to get benefit of the doubt on that one to get the MVP vote. We'll see what happens, but I just don't expect it. Thanks to Florida Active Wealth, Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for
0: your free book. Tell Ford we said hello whenever you get there. Call Ford. Get your own nationwide Peak 10 illustration so you can learn how you can get immediate income account bonus, as well as 8% annual interest in growth, 8% guaranteed interest each year, higher than the bank CD rates. Call Ford and he will explain all of it to you. Visit activewealth.com to learn how you can work with Ford and his active wealth team. You'll be glad you did. It's all uh, you well, call him at 770 685 1777. That is 770 685 1777. Lindsay, there's another, there have been a couple of people, and we've talked about this on the pod. We've had articles on it on Braves today, and there's a wish list thing going around. You've got a bunch of uh, free agents that are still sitting out there, which I think a lot of that's got to do because a lot of them probably think they're worth more than what teams are just willing to pay right now. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if it'll start getting crunch time pretty soon, one of which, and you and I had mentioned it too before, it wouldn't hurt for the Braves to get a viable, right-handed, preferable outfielder if at all possible. And I was looking at some of the names on this list, and I told you, I said, when you look at them, the biggest thing my concern is you can't afford a lot of these guys and because you just – it's not going to be a platoon-type thing, I don't think, for the Braves as much as it is – because everybody goes, well, platoon for Keldon. They're not going to do that. They're expecting him to play a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, everything we've heard from this team is they want Kellen to play every day. Mm-hmm. And like they expect him to be the everyday starter. And when you look at the Braves' uh, luxury tax space, if you're trying to not go over that third threshold because that's where your draft pick gets moved back, then you're floating just under $7 million in salary room. And that's not counting the fact that Anthopolis likes to keep some money available for mm-hmm. a midseason acquisition. So really, you're you end up looking at some sort of minor league deal for a guy like the the guys that you could see Atlanta go out and get a Randall Gritchick maybe a Robbie Grossman some of the guys like that they're probably gonna cost too much Mm. you're looking at somebody who's gonna sign kind of like Kevin Pillar did last spring for close to minimum on a non-guaranteed minor league deal and I'm just kind of I'm I'm kind of stuck on who that might be there's some guys that I would love to add I think Whit Merrifield would be a useful add for somebody who could play infield and outfield, mm-hmm. who could pinch run for you, stolen base threat, but he's probably going to cost too much if you're trying to save some money for the deadline. And so I don't know who it's going to be. That's the big question. Is it somebody like a Michael A. Taylor? Uh, he's won a gold glove mm-hmm. in center field. He can cover center field as well. That would give you both Kelnick and Taylor who could cover center field if something were to happen to Michael Harris. But I just, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm, I'm, is there anybody like... Who do you want Atlanta to sign? And then is it realistic, right?
0: Well, you and I were talking about some of the names that just, you know, poke their head out as far as that list is concerned are the, the, the regular that I told you is every year because they're only going to give him a one-year deal. Adam Duvall, who Rays are very, very familiar with Uh, name that stuck out in my mind. But again, this is a money deal. Jorge Soler is mm-hmm. I just don't because it, if they didn't have Ozuna, I would Ozuna. I would completely think that Soler would be a viable option because yeah. he could be in the lineup and you could use that big bat. But Kevin Pilar still out there; he has not been picked up yet. Um, Rosario, another familiar name, but I just don't know that they're going to go down that road uh, and try to go after him. You never know. I mean, worst comes to worst, he may reach out to Atlanta and say, "I'll take you know, I just want to be with the organization. I'll take whatever it takes. So uh, yeah. get me back." So. But, yet, Jock Peterson, that was another one I mentioned because that's a familiar name that you look at that's sitting out there. But some of these guys are just going to cost way too much money to maybe be in – may play, what, one game a week, Lindsey? Or yeah. if Kelnick slumps, they say, hey, let's give you the weekend, let him sit for a little bit, and then – You know, kind of switch roles. Let him maybe pinch hit instead of the you know the person that takes over. But then he's right back in the lineup the following week whenever they you know head on a road you know road swing or something. So, everybody acts like it's so easy just to go get an outfielder that's a right-handed bat that can contribute. However, when you start talking about that, you start talking about the money that comes with it in Mm -hmm. order to make that happen. And for a guy that's going to play that role like a Pilar that maybe sees the field once a week. Otherwise, he's probably pinch running at the end or something.
1: You, it's just tough to pull the, pull a trigger it's or tough. something like that. Yeah, and in, in retrospect, when you were going to get Chris Sale, I think the best move would have been ask Boston for Rob Snyder as well. Mm. He's been usually their fourth or fifth outfielder. They, they project, even with Duvall leaving, they project to have a surplus of outfielders out there. Uh, and it's something where... He's making $1.8 million this year. He's had 420 plate appearances the last uh the last two seasons, the last three seasons. I'm sorry, last three seasons, he's had what is it, something like 450 plate appearances. 280 of them have been against lefties. He's put up a 142 WRC plus. Like he's a guy hmm. used to being on the bench. He's used to coming in to face lefties. He can give you decent defense. In retrospect, adding in one lower level prospect in the Chris Sale deal to go along with Von Grissom and getting ref Steiner back probably would have been perfect. But in the meantime, it's just, do you go out and try to acquire somebody? Do you uh, wait to see who gets cut loose when spring training starts? You know, I my my ultimate prediction is you'll see Atlanta. They went out and signed Jordan Luplo to a minor league deal last week. My prediction is you're going to see Atlanta probably do one or two more minor league signings. And then, they may claim a guy off waivers at the end of spring training. Like they just, I don't think they're going to decide on this person until they absolutely have to, because like you said, the plan is to play Kelnick every day. Mm. This guy might start once a week. And so it'll be a veteran, somebody with experience, but I honestly don't know if they're going to be in any hurry to do it. And I think whoever it is, isn't going to make a lot of money.
0: We'll put a bowl on this momentarily. I do need to thank uh, Plains Coffee. Go to PlanesCoffee.com. Use promo code BRAVES. Get your 10% off. Uh, if you go there and you use that, you got to use the, the term BRAVES too, by the way. There's there's a couple others, but that's the one you want because that's going to get you the full 10%. Mm-hmm. PlanesCoffee.com. Easy checkout. All online, ships right to your door. All beans are roasted the day before shipping. So You're guaranteed fresh coffee right to your mailbox or your doorstep. If you don't have a mailbox, all, all up to you. And if you're not a fan of coffee, well, that sucks. No, they got tea too. They'll be more than happy to hook you up and give you some tea as well. Go to plainscoffee.com, promo code BRAVES. Um, Lindsay, I guess the way I look at it too is, is what you said is everybody keeps saying, somebody for Kelnick, somebody for Kelnick, somebody for Kelnick, And I look at it more along the lines of, I wouldn't mind another utility guy. Just what you said just a minute ago, um, Michael Harris' second, if he needs a little help or needs a breather or something of that nature, somebody that can kind of move around. We all know Ronald can play center if he needs to. So even somebody that could play right if he needs to move over. Um, And, again, I think you said it best where you said if they get somebody, it's going to be cheap, number one. And, number two, I just don't know that they're in that big of a hurry. Not to mention, you said waivers – you know, after spring training, Lindsay, who's to say they don't go into the season and you wait till the all star break, to see who's unhappy, and maybe bring somebody in that fits with the quality program that the clubhouse has in the, in the Braves?
1: That is something this team likes to do. I could see Atlanta having a pitching prospect that they are lower on than the industry consensus. The guy starts off hot. They say, hey, let's go out and go get this guy who. We think could help us DH after Marcelo Zuna's done next year and could Mm. cover in right field now if we are left field now if we need it, make a trade, offer a prospect that wasn't going to make the bigs in exchange for, I don't know, five years of control of somebody again, because that's what Atlanta does when it seems like they fleece everybody on a trade. Side note, when's the last time you think the Braves lost a trade?
0: Yeah, think about it. it. Like when's the last time
1: you really think they lost a trade?
0: Every time people say that, I go, Mike Hampton. I don't think he was trade. I think he was a free agent. But still, they gave, him a, they gave him a mint full of money to sit in the clubhouse for he was a free, years.
1: He was a free agent. Like, every now and then, some of the moves from Anthopolis may not work out. The Cole Hamills deal is one that I'm thinking about. But for the most part, Anthopolis has nailed, like, Everything he's done, and it's just that's why he got extended to like the longest uh general manager deal in baseball history. He deserves it, man.
0: Yeah, that was one of the best things. and The Hammels deal that was injury, too. That I don't ever consider, I don't call those bad deals when something like that happens.
1: Yeah, I just, thought he was, I thought he was cooked when they signed him, but it, it's, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it was the injury is what cooked him. So I guess you're yeah. right, you're technically right there. I guess,
0: yeah. He, he, I look at it as like you say when you say bad trades, when you go out, you got your mind set on somebody, you get them at. Dan Ugla, I know he's a free agent, but when you go and you get somebody like that, that, you know, you think is going to just do well in an organization like the Braves, and it doesn't, that's the, those are the kind of moves that really kind of get in your crawl a little bit, you know, when they sign a guy and he ends up being injured you're kind of like, man, that's just, that's just bad luck. But uh, there's that word luck again. I'll hear about that at the bottom of the comments as well, (laughs) since we said that. So uh, he's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management, annuity360.net for your free book. Or if you like coffee or don't like coffee and like tea, go to plainscoffee.com. Use promo code BRAVES for your 10% off. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thanks, buddy.